May the Lord strengthen your hearts at the coming of our Lord Jesus. You all know that now that we've hit Thanksgiving, it's full speed ahead on preparing for Christmas. I hope you know that the reason this big thing in front of me is here is because we're now in the first week of Advent. And you may even know that this is the beginning of the church's new year new liturgical year beginning, not January 1st, but on this first Sunday of Advent. But what I want you to know today is that on this day, in this year, the Church invites us to go back to basics. The Church offers for our consideration the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, the oldest of all the letters in the New Testament, and very possibly the first penned passage of the entire New Testament in the, in the Bible. May the Lord strengthen your hearts at the coming of our Lord Jesus. You see, Paul's writing to Thessalonica, the city of northern Greece, what they called Macedonia, where he had already visited. And when he's doing so, he's not into heavy theology. He's not, as he does in so many of his letters, rebuke them for doing wrong. But what does he do? Go back and look in the the second reading. To be honest, if you were like myself, you kind of shut down as as Russ was reading it, because it's just loaded with very boring church talk. I, I struggled as I prayed with it this week in preparation, but what is this even saying? It's so, you know, white toast. But as I weeded through it, There's three things that are just drawn out, and I've proposed that they're inviting us in this to to go back to basics. First, abound in love of one another and of all. Second, he encourages holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And third, he encourages us to conduct ourselves just as he taught. I know it sounds like a lot of church talk, but it's right back to basics. Abound in love for one another. That's how Christians, right from the beginning of time, have been renowned for loving the other. Even those who plague-ridden or persecuting, they, they jump in and assist. They love the other. He tells them to stand in holiness before God, putting God first in their life, never forgetting who is to be first in that loving relationship with the Father. It's all about worship. And third, to conduct themselves just as he taught. Yes, we talk about being educated in the faith, to continue to to learn, and not just to learn it intellectually, but to let it trickle down right to our hearts and to practice what we preach. It's not fancy, but it was chosen for us today in this start of the Advent season, in this start of this season of preparation for Christ because it invites us to go right back, loving God, loving our neighbor, and following his law. Sometimes we complicate life, don't we? Sure complicate the the ways of the faith sometimes, but really so many different cross-sections of our lives. Whatever our thing is, so many of us complicate it. What is it for you?
maybe uh, your work, making that such a, a priority, the next success and accomplishment. Maybe it's students, your studies, always striving for the perfection and the next A. Maybe it's physical abilities and athletics. Maybe it's social status with likes and social media. It's our hobbies or prayer. Or maybe, this week, a good example, a holiday meal. Jesus seems to be referencing it. Did you notice in the Gospel today? Do not become drowsy from carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of daily life. Does that sound like anybody's Thanksgiving meal? Perhaps the drunkenness and carousing, but I think even more the, the anxieties. So often people seem to get so caught up in, in making a spectacle of this one meal that it can become an, an idol of sorts. I wasn't worried. I was home with mom, and she's always got those things under control. But when it hit me, it was at the Mass that day. I was in my home parish offering Mass for family and friends before our Thanksgiving meal. And the lady that was reading, she, uh, she read her part, and then it was time for the Gospel. She had pulled the ribbons out and turned the page and completely lost where I was supposed to be. In fact, she turned the page to uh, <laughs> the readings for funerals, which I was pretty sure the folks di didn't want to hear for, for the gospel that day. As I was standing there trying to flip back and forth, sure that I knew where it was supposed to be, and then resorting to the table of contents to, to find where the reading was, I was losing my mind. I, that I felt so foolish. I have all eyes on me. And it got to the point, I kid you not, where in the back of my head there was this little voice that said, now Thanksgiving is ruined. <laughs> it's so absurd to say out loud, but happily the light bulb went off, and I remembered that life is not about a perfectly executed Mass any more than Thanksgiving is all about a perfectly baked pumpkin pie. And yet we complicate them. Thank God for my mother, not only for the meal coming up and her pie was good, but she was sitting in the front pew and she had the little missalette in front of her and the light, go back to mom. And said, mom, let me borrow this. I brought it right back up and proclaimed the gospel from there, crisis averted. What do we idolize and overcomplicate? We all, whatever it is in our lives, the Lord gives to us this season of Advent, this season of preparation to focus on what really matters, not fantasizing of what it could be like Chevy Chase stapling light bulbs to his roof, but to what's right here and right now. Jeremiah puts an exclamation point on it in the 33rd chapter. We had as our first reading. In three separate occasions, he speaks of a specific time. And if you read the verses just prior to it, he goes on to speak of a specific place. In this place. In this time. No vague ambiguities here. It's all about the nitty-gritty of this moment. Remember Goonies? <laughs> when they're down underground and that, that searching for the treasures. 
and the, things are getting rough, and the, 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 the crooks are coming after them, and the, it seems like a monster is chasing them, and, and then there's the wishing well bucket that's there, and they, they realize they can escape. They can just go right out through the, the bucket, and Mikey has that great prophetic voice that he gives. He says, if you go up that bucket, that's it. It's over. You escape into our wishes, into our dreams. This is our time down here. That's them up there. That's their time. This is our time. We are right here and right now. For a little guy, he's a great orator, and he convinces them to continue the adventure. And the Lord, through Jeremiah, through Paul, through this whole season of Advent, invites us to the very same thing, not to escape into wishes, but in this moment, right here and right now, this is our time. So what are you going to do for Advent? Do you have plans? Are we just going to slide through? or We've got four weeks. If we don't have a plan, we'll just numb ourselves with Christmas music and eggnog until we're sick of it a whole week before Christmas even comes. But to have a plan, perhaps a, a rosary, maybe a rosary a day, to spend some time before the Blessed Sacrament here with the church doors open from dawn till way after dark. Maybe it's to intentionally limit the amount of music or sweets or, yes, eggnog in the meantime. Hopefully it's to, to take one of the resources that we've got at the doors of the church, these Advent books, or to make going to confession a priority for, for this Advent. Maybe it's to make a wreath and make sure to light it at the dinner table each night. Whatever it is, this is our time. He is coming. May our hearts be strong as he does.